everyone and welcome to Living a Life Through Books, the podcast about everything bookish. I'm your host Dr. Shanaz Ahmed and today is Month in Review. Before I go into Month in Review, I want to mention that we are at the end of the year. So I'll be having another episode with Year in Review and a third one that's a New Year's episode with reading goals, reviewing last year's goals and making bookish plans for 2021. So it's going to be a triple episode deal. Before I go into this month in review, I just wanted to let you all know that every episode is produced by me and it's a lot of work to be honest. And it would be great if you guys are rooting for me and would like to support me. So how about buy me a coffee? Go to buymeacoffee.com slash LLTB podcast. Every coffee you buy me helps keep me alert and this podcast going. I'll add the link in the show notes and I thank you. And let's get started with this episode. How was your reading this month? I started off slow and as the year was coming to a close, I started thinking about what I wanted to achieve for next year. And just thinking in terms of reading goals for myself, for this podcast. And that's when I realized that I had to close this year out strong. I wanted to place focus on my ARC commitments. And I hate writing a NetGalley review late or worse, not doing one at all. So that came into my focus. And I made a list of my ARCs and what I wanted to finish by December 31st. So I could navigate next year better. Funny story, I get my end of year goal written, was focused on finishing my books that I wanted to finish and I sat there on my couch, all cozy, with a warm blanket, a hot cup of tea and of course a book and I'm doing it, I'm getting there. I felt my goal was lofty but I was cracking it. So here I am, reading and my husband goes out to get the mail. Do we know how the story goes? Well, he walks in and gives me a package. You got a book! Usually, I'm jumping up and down with excitement, but this time I looked at the white cardboard envelope package from Macmillan and looked at my husband and said, I'm not expecting anything. Let's see. So I open. It's an ARC from Celadon, a book that comes out in February. Great. Just when I thought I had my ARC list under control, this happens. But it's all good. I used the momentum of my focus to tweak some future goals and I... Still ended up strong in December. I don't know how I managed, but the lesson is this. We all can read more. We really can. We just have to prioritize. Of course, watch me change that tune in the January in review as I get back to work and don't have time or I'm too tired and and my reading numbers drop and I'll be here explaining how I managed to finish these December books because I was off for the holidays. And that's something I remind myself of. January may not be so easy. When the bridge comes, I'll cross. But anyway, you guys want to know what books I've read this month. I ended last month with To Sleep in a Sea of Stars. So let's pick up from there. I read 12 books this month and here they are. Number one, For the Freelance by Christian Sterling. This is the final part of the Gems of Elsana trilogy. Well, there's a prequel trilogy that Christian's releasing in March, but for the sake of this story, with these characters, the trilogy ends here. 
I have enjoyed this fantasy quest because it's just fun. It's creative and filled with worlds of different magical beings. I give this one five stars. And also, check out the episode where Erin and I have a conversation with Christian. That episode has spoilers, just FYI. But moving on. Ready Player Two by Ernest Klein. We did a mini book club on this book, and that episode should come out sometime next week, so stay tuned for that. But for now, I'll just say that I liked it, but not as much as the original, and I gave it four stars. Number three, The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V.E. Schwab. What can I say about this? Hashtag Bookstagram made me do it. Seriously, this book has been the new obsession on Bookstagram, and I had to read it. And if you'll remember my anniversary episode, Angie mentioned that she read it as an ARC, and this was her favorite book of the year. Well, I got rejected for the ARC, but anyway, the book. Loved it, loved it, loved it. The end was okay. I get it. Five stars. The book just made me so angry and made me so happy and just all the feels. Yes. Like the When Harry Met Sally moment. Yes, yes, yes. Number four, Sasha Masha by Agnes Borinsky. This was a Libra FM influencer book and it's a coming out story and I really enjoyed it. There was something about the angst for this character and how he was trying to figure things out and figure his life and his feelings of who he represented himself as. I felt it was beautifully done. Five stars from me. Number five, Jingle Jangle. The Invention of Geronicus Jangle by David E. Talbert. What a fun story. This story made me young again and made me a child again and made me believe in magic and just the churns and imaginations of children and the happiness of the season and just made me feel good and smile wide. I want to read more children's books. What charming magic do they contain? Why laden ourselves with adulthood when we can float in the clouds of childhood books? Five stars. Number six. Hamnet by Maggie O'Farrell. I think this is a good book to read. Is it a five-star read? It could be for a lot of folks. For me, it was four stars because I fell into the critical trap and some things just didn't click with me. And we're doing this one as our book club pick for January. So stay tuned for that episode. Number seven, Lana's War by Anita Abriol. This is an ARC that I got from Atria Books. It's a World War II historic fiction, and I'm trying to figure out my relationship with World War II historic fiction. I used to love it, and maybe it's the pandemic, but part of me wants to break from it, and yet this book wasn't so stressful. So you would think it would be fine, and it would give me World War II without being gut-wrenching. However, it was just okay. I didn't feel it. I mean, it was good. It was okay. Three stars. Number eight, Zarina by Ellen Alpston. This was a long read. It took me a while. The beginning was great, and then it was better, and then it was a bit too much, and then I was curious. It's graphic. It's a wild sexual ride in a lot of scenes. Seriously, I was like, what the F? Story was good. It's based on a true story, but it's fiction. It is historic fiction, Russia in the early 1700s, so it's good. I gave it four stars. If you like Russian royalty and all that, you'll like this book. 
Number nine, The Testaments by Margaret Atwood. I know this book wasn't as liked as The Handmaid's Tale, and I can see why. But I still give it five stars. Here's my take on it. The Handmaid's Tale is all about world building and establishing Gilead. It's a slow burn. This book is not so much about world building because we already saw that in the last book. This book has more action and the genre is more of a classic spy novel, which I didn't mind at all. I actually really enjoyed that. But I can see how someone who expected a slow burn and a similar book to The Handmaid's Tale might be disappointed. I would still recommend it. Book 10, Girl, Woman, Other by Bernadine Avaristo. This is going to be a book club discussion for March, and I don't want to take away from that discussion, but I am looking forward to hearing the book club talk about this one. I teeter-totter on the rating and the writing, and I'll be honest, I just felt it difficult to keep track of. At the end, I could tell something phenomenal had come to pass and everything connected, but seriously, please give me a map and a family tree before I read this book again because it jumped so much. I gave it four stars, but... And I'll leave it at that. Book 11, Meet Me in Bombay by Jenny Ashcroft. This romance historic fiction is straight out of a Bollywood number without the long songs and orchestrated dance sequences. When I was reading it, my heart went pitter-patter and just felt that, oh, and I finished the book and thought about it. And I was literally, literally tossing and turning last night, thinking about it and the character choices. I kept thinking it out in my mind and it made me quite angry, to be honest. I gave it five stars on Goodreads. But as I think more about it, I'm not sure. I waver. I think, no, I should give it four. No, maybe three. No, it's a five-star book. You loved it. Come on. You were so entranced and involved. And then I don't know what to say anymore because I feel like I'm losing my ability to rate a book and review it fairly and accurately. Here's the thing. If you like sappy romances set in World War I times, then this one's for you. It's got all the charm and sophistication of the times and will make you smile and wish for a simpler life. Book 12 and my last book of 2020. The Queen's Gambit by Walter Tevis. I did this one on audio and oh yes, this book is written with as much finesse and exactness as the game of chess itself. If you love chess, if you love competitions and rooting for a character to win, this is the book for you. I completely empathize with Beth Harmon, our main character, and absolutely loved her with all her flaws. Such grace and majesty went into writing this book. Wow, five stars. Those last two books were quite a contrast, and I finally understand my difficulty in reviewing a book or really liking a book but not liking it also, and not being able to articulate my concerns. It's because I didn't like this character's decision, is what I found myself saying when I didn't like a book. But what I'm beginning to realize is that like a game of chess, you move your board to the best possible move. And when you are cornered, you only have one move. Do not give your pieces or characters several moves to make and then have them make the poorer of the moves. It makes it feel contrived, especially if the reader can see a clearer path to a win. 
When I finished The Queen's Gambit, the book and its story was written with absolute brilliance and precision, just like a well-played game of chess. There was no other choice. I could not have told the author any different. It's the contrast in those last two books that's helping me understand my own feelings for a book. I think of my book, the one I'm writing, and think whether my characters have any other choices other than the ones they take or are forced to take. And are their choices justified and well laid out? But yes, I just got an epiphany from The Queen's Gambit. And what a beautiful bookish reading end it was for 2020. And that pretty much closes 2020 for me. Stay tuned, because in the next episode, I'm going to be working through my top books of the year. Not an easy task, I tell you. Not at all. Ah, somebody help me! But that's all I have, folks. Before I go, I want to talk a bit about a great audiobook app. Libro.fm lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local bookstore. Choose from more than 150,000 audiobooks, including New York Times bestsellers and recommendations from booksellers around the country. With Libro.fm, you'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there, you know the name, but you'll be a part of a much different story, one that supports community. Listeners of this podcast can get a two-month audiobook membership for the price of one month. Go to Libro.fm, that's L-I-B-R-O dot F-M, and enter code L-L-T-B podcast. With each listen, take pride in knowing that you're supporting local bookstores. I'll add the links in the show notes. If you loved this episode or any of my previous episodes, please take a moment to write me a review on Apple Podcasts. Please share this podcast with your family and friends and through your social media channels. Join the conversation with me on a new app called Swell. My tag on Swell is at Bookish Podcast. It's an audio app for podcast listeners like yourself. You will find something there that will interest you that you can interact with. And it's a great way to chat with me. Check it out. You can reach me through email. My address is livingalifethroughbooks at gmail.com. My website is shanazahmed.com. That is S-H-A-H-N-A-Z-A-H-M-E-D.com. The opening and closing music to this and all my previous episodes was composed by my husband, Brad Slavik. I'm Dr. Shanaz Ahmed with Living a Life Through Books signing off. Remember to water the seeds within you. It's time.